But yes, the Lord is doing good things. And so this morning, this morning is no different. This morning, whatever heaviness you may have came in here with, whatever frustrations or irritability, I feel like there was a lot, perhaps a lot of that that you might be walking in here with. And it's time to shake all those things off. Today is a new day. Right here and right now, it is just you and Jesus. Let him have his way in and through your life because he is able to work all things together for good. All things. Even the worst thing that's ever happened to you in your life, your deepest, darkest day. The Lord, when he shines light on that history, whew, he is able to turn that into something good. It's just how awesome he is. There's nothing too hard for our God, right? Wow. And so this morning, we are flip-flopping things, or perhaps making them right side up, I don't know yet. Uh, so we're going to be releasing the kids, ages 7 to 12, back to Children's Church now, and we're going to be saving worship for later in the end. And so, um, save the best for last, right? 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 Because I can't wait to get to that. That's the good stuff today, but God's Word's pretty good, too, so we're going uh, to share through that. And so, of course, we are here on the, um, the, the precipice, the verge of a new year. The old is gone, the new is here, right? Brand new year, brand new fresh year. And, um, and it's a, a typical time for us to kind of take a peek at the year ahead. But, you know, not only to peer back to what happened in the year behind us, you know, there's some things to celebrate in 2023, some things that you're ready to move on from and hope that never happens again from <laughs> but we start to, to, to get just, um, I guess, our hopes up. We start to get an eager excitement for what new things lie ahead of us, and rightfully so. Uh, we begin to make New Year's resolutions. We are made, uh, you know, we, we make this determination to do better next year. Anybody want next year to be better than last year? And in the Lord, we can, because we're going from glory to glory in ever-increasing measure. We want to be better. We want to do better. And sure, there's always room for improvement, right? And, and in the new year, it's a good time to be intentional and mindful of, of those things. Um, you get sort of that clean slate feeling, um, you know, as you turn beyond the, the last page of the 2023 chapter tonight. And you start opening up that new chapter of 2024. Now, we typically look to the gift of prophecy at this time, right? And you all know we love prophecy here. We love words of knowledge, words wisdom we're wordy kind of people i mean just it's just the dna of who we are um to foresee what lay ahead of us what has the lord planned in the upcoming year and we're going to take time to do that for sure um and for certain the prophets are all making their predictions and speaking about the upcoming year and i'm excited for a lot of the things that they are sharing um as they press to see what the coming year holds um of course, with this being not only an election year for the United States, um, but also with all the wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes, and we've got volcanoes erupting, we've got storms happening all over. I mean, it's sure to be a turbulent year coming ahead of us, right? You, you don't need the gift of prophecy to see that. But the Lord is shaking things so that what is unshakable remains, and that's what we are going to stand on. And that's not to even mention all the, the, the legal battles that are happening, but it's sure to be a year of significance 
undoubtedly. This is the time of year when we typically start to uh, cast vision and, and talk about what the Lord has planned and purposed in the upcoming year for us as a church family. And we're going to do that next week, actually, next week. Uh, wow, we're, we're, we're kicking off the year early because I just can't wait. We need to hit the ground running uh, with the vision for this year. But the subject this morning that like the Lord wanted us to take a look at, it sort of seems to stand in contradiction to all those things, a little ironic. What the Lord has us digging into this morning is the topic of faith, the topic of faith. And of course, we know the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we live by faith and not by sight. Uh, Hebrews 11, 1, right? We know what faith is. Faith is being confident or sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That is what faith is. Sure what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. And faith of itself is not some kind of like magical substance. Um, because how many of you put your faith in the wrong person, in the wrong thing? You know, I, I know that we, we, you know, a couple of years ago, we decided, okay, we, we, yeah, we own all these, you know, old junker vehicles, you know, 2004, 2007s. Let's get a newer car be more reliable, right? <laughs> We've already replaced the transmission, the engine, uh, most of the front end, and I'm like, we just need to get rear-ended and we'll have a brand new vehicle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we pretty much already paid double what the vehicle's worth, and now it's like, we invested so much, we just got to hang on to this thing, you know? <laughs> We've learned the hard way. You cannot put your faith in anything of this world. I can't put my faith in myself. Anybody ever let themselves down? Yeah, pretty much everybody has. And if not, just wait, because it's coming, right? Wow. So, the context. When we talk about faith this morning, we're talking about faith in the Lord. Our faith placed in the Lord himself. Faith in his word. Faith in his character. Faith in his will. Faith in the entirety of who he is, Father, Son, and Spirit. Because if you read through the Old Testament and the New Testament and in the early church, you see that whew, a lot of things the Lord called his people to do are really strange, bizarre. <laughs> it took a lot of faith, right, to do some of these things. But there was always victory in every single one. Life has always been dependent on faith in God. Even those who deny his very existence, they still live by faith that there's going to be oxygen in the air, right? If you look at the earth and as it exists, like, it is such a fragile thing. I mean, our life is so fragile. Uh, it's just crazy to think about. Um, you know, if the earth just were to move just a little bit, just a couple miles one way or the other, you know, you're either burn up crispy fried or you'll be frozen to death. And I mean, it's just, anyways, there's so many things to go into there. But of course, we know that at his simple command, all of creation came into existence. However, from the beginning, even Adam and Eve, they lived and they died based on their trust in him and his word or the lack thereof, right? Every battle faced by the nation of Israel was won or lost based on their faith. Based on their faith. They won wars by doing some pretty crazy, bizarre things. It definitely required them to live by faith and not by sight, to trust in God and not in their own understanding. And the Lord has not changed since then. That's still how we are called. In fact, anything of significance that we find accomplished all throughout the scriptures prove that they occur only through a relationship with God and faith in Him. 
You really have to have a relationship to be able to have that kind of trust and faith in who he is and what he says. Healing, deliverance, protection, provision, whatever it might be that God provided, it rarely happened the same way twice. Very rarely happened the same way twice. Old Testament, New Testament, current day. Very rarely did God ever act the same way twice. Except, here's the consistent theme. Radical obedience to him by faith. Radical obedience by faith. Not leaning into your own understanding whatsoever. Faith in God, being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. We, what we see, what we see are facts. They're factual, right? Right? Nikki is wearing a weird hat that, with three eyes and... I don't know. It's a fact, you know. That's what we see. Faith does not deny our reality. Faith does not deny our reality. And in Pentecostal circles, sometimes it's easy to get these things confused. Because you don't want to, like, word curse yourself with something. But I never saw somebody go up to Jesus and get healed without confessing that you got something you need healed of. You got something you need delivered of, right? You express the facts to him. Faith is simply believing in and placing our hope in the God whose truth trumps every fact. His word, his word that reigns supreme and takes care of any facts we may be dealing with. The God of miracles, the God for whom nothing is impossible for. And this is a, a great example of this we find in Romans chapter 4. Therefore the promise comes by faith. Every one of God's promises comes by faith. Just faith. You can't earn it. You can't do good enough to earn or deserve it. It's just by faith. So that it may be by God's grace. It may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring. Not only to those who are by the law, but also us who have the faith of Abraham. We have a like faith. He is the father of us all. And you guys know the, the song, right? How's it go? Father Abraham had many sons. And yeah, honey. I one of them. And so are you. I'll praise him. Yeah. As it is written, I've made you the father of many nations. He is our father and in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the death and calls things that are not as if though they were. I love that scripture. Because <laughs> to God, they exist. That's faith. He calls things that are not as if though they were. You get to do that too. It's kind of fun. <laughs> the world will scratch your heads at you and call you bizarre. But, you know, then it comes to pass. And then who's scratching their heads, right? Against all hope. Okay, there's no reason to hope for this whatsoever. Abraham, in hope, believed. And so he did become the father of many nations. Just as God said to him, so shall your offspring. Without weakening his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Right? Anybody ever get a prognosis like that? You know, no more hope for you. Got no more answers. Don't even know what's going on with you. Faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Because he was about 100 years old. And that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he didn't waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. He had the facts. And he had the promise. He faced the facts, but he stood on the promise. 
right? You see the facts, but your faith is not on what is seen, but what is, you hope, what is the thing that you hope for, the substance of things unseen, on the promises of God. That's where we place our faith. And that's what Abraham did. In fact, it says that he strengthened his faith and he gave glory to God the more impossible it became. It strengthened his faith and he gave more glory, more glory to God the more impossible it became. Because this is what I love in verse 21. Because he was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Right? He faced the fact his body was good as dead, but... He knew his God, and he knew that his God had the power to do what he promised. There's nothing impossible for him. That is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words, it was credited to him, were written, not for him alone, but also for us. Woo! Yeah, we get some credit to our account. Anybody ever look at their bank account and want to see some more credits than debits? Anybody? Like... You get some credits to your spiritual account through faith. Through faith, simple faith. I believe this morning, God is challenging us on this topic of faith. And we know what faith is and what it looks like and how it operates. But consider the gospel accounts of those who received the miracles of Jesus. The ones who received the miracles. I haven't been able to find a single time when Jesus chased down someone and performed a miracle for them. Dig through the word. I'm not saying it's not there, but I haven't found it yet. In fact, I thought that it was the, um, the, the what do they call him? The demoniac, the guy named Legion. I thought that Jesus crossed the sea and went to encounter him. But in, in all the gospel accounts, it says that when Jesus arrived on the shore, the man came to meet him. And of course, the, the man wasn't really the man. The demons are like, what are you doing? It ain't time yet. <laughs> you come to torture us already? Uh, they recognized Jesus. They knew who he was. But even then, the man came to meet with him. And it just challenged me in my faith. What if we are sitting in our stink, in our awful circumstance, sitting in our tombs, all the while... We're waiting on Jesus to deliver us, right? Sitting there waiting for Jesus' deliverance, calling out to him. But all the while, Jesus is waiting on us to have the faith to get up out of our grave and to go and to meet with him. It blows my mind that Billy and Cheryl are here this morning because I know you got every excuse and natural reason to stay where it's nice and comfy at home. But you come to meet with him. He has something for us. Today, this morning, the ones who received a miracle from Jesus were the ones willing to press into the crowds and through the crowds just to touch the hem of his robe. Just, just to touch. They cried out as he passed by, refusing to be silenced for, by everyone who told them to shut up or to give up, right? They refused to be silent. They cried out to Jesus for their healing and deliverance. Does God seem distant to you in this season? Are you waiting for him and wondering where he's at? James 4, 8 says that if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you, right? So who makes the first move? Who makes the first move? We do, right? We do. So stop sitting back and waiting for God to make the first move with the mindset of, well, 
If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be, right? Jesus, just let it be. That ain't how God operates. You don't just sit back and whatever happens, happens. You will not find any miracles of God accomplished by just sitting back and waiting on God. What you will find is us cooperating with God to bring the miracle to come to pass. Right? So move. Move. You make the first move and God meets you there. In fact, I've seen so many testimonies where somebody moved in faith wasn't even what God was calling them to do, but he still met them there. He still honored their faith in him, right? Not only do we move, but we seek. We seek him. Now, we all know Jeremiah 29, 11 and 12, right? Does anybody know what Jeremiah 29, 11 says? Right? I, I know the plans that I have for you, give you hope and a future and all that good stuff. You might even have on some kind of cool little craft work in your house, right? Most of us are familiar with that verse, but very rarely do we go on to the next two verses, 13 and 14. And you can't have one without the other. You stop yourself short and you miss the context of that promise. And the context of that promise is found here in seeking. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's a big word. That, that's a big little word, all all your heart. I don't know about you all, but I struggle with a divided heart and mind. I'm caught up in the things of this world because, I mean, you know, for legitimate reason. I'm, I'm a dad. I got a family to provide for and all these other things and all these worries and concerns. But we're not supposed to have any of those worries or anxieties, right? Not if you're walking by faith. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Then I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And that's a quoted, that's the Lord declaring it. So what's he waiting on? He's waiting on us to seek him, to move with all of our hearts, undivided. That is faith. So what's the issue? Maybe we're just not desperate enough. You know, why is it that so many testimonies today require you to hit rock bottom before you look up? I don't believe that God has to operate that way. Don't wait until your life is a complete mess and is falling apart to start seeking him. Seek him now so that it doesn't fall apart, right? Seek him now. Maybe we're just craving too much the things of the world. Maybe our motives are wrong, you know. Um, maybe we just don't know what it means to hunger and to thirst for the Lord. Um, and the whole way that this message actually came about was um, the, the reality that, that my dog definitely knows how to hunger he, and to thirst. This dog is unapologetic in his, uh, his hunger and thirst. Um, we hosted Christmas at, at my house with my, uh, my family. And um, our animals, as always, are unsocial and they were, you know, gone. But as soon as we sat down for dinner, or we had this big table set up, you know, which is a bunch of card tables shoved together and, you know, some plastic tablecloths. We're sitting there eating, and the next thing you know, like, my sister's like, what was that? And then someone else like, whoa, what was that? And it's my dog walking back and forth underneath the table, just waiting, waiting for something good, you know? <laughs> um, there he was, when you peek under, with a big old smile on his face, tail a wagon, you know, he just could not wait 
Couldn't wait for the meal that he was about to receive. But that is the picture of faith. Every time I see this dog, I just think of, like, this is the way I should be with the Lord. He has fullness of hope and expectation of receiving good things from us, you know. He just, he does. He is sure of what he hopes for and he's certain of what he can't see. That dog underneath the table can't see a thing. Can't see a thing. In fact, I don't want to see what he's seeing. It just, you know, I mean. But he's sure of what he doesn't see because he's smelling it, you know. He knows what's up there and he knows eventually good things come from above, right? Every good and perfect gift comes from above. <laughs> Oh, and especially with my little 18-year-old or 18-month-old niece. I mean, she just was having fun with it, you know, feeding him, giggling. And <laughs> oh, my dog had faith to receive good things from above. And it reminded me of this account, Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. I'm finishing up here because we got stuff ahead. It says, Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman lived there, and she came to him pleading, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. For my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a single word. Ugh. And this drove me nuts at first, because I don't know if you're familiar with this dynamic, but a Gentile means that you're a non-Jew. And Jesus is a rabbi, and Jews just do not talk to Gentiles. They are the scum of the earth, and you just don't give them the time of day. And at first I'm like, Jesus, this is not very Christ-like. How can you treat this woman this way? Didn't say even a word to her. Didn't acknowledge her. So when Jesus seems to be silent, when you're not hearing his voice, and when you start feeling like you are unworthy to even hear from him, for him to even hear you, I want to encourage you, keep on seeking. Press, e press in even more passionately and fervently because that's faith. You're not hearing him, you're not seeing him, but you know him. He's, this is the son of David. This is the great I am. She confessed who he is. This is the Lord. And so she pressed in even harder. Then his disciples urged him. To just send her away. They said, tell her to go away. She's bothering us with all this pathetic begging. And I put the word pathetic in there. But all this begging. All this begging. Tell her to go away, Jesus. When others persuade you to just give up. Give up on Jesus. Why do you keep doing this thing? Why do you keep tormenting yourself? Go a different way. You know, have, have you tried this, this doctor, that doctor? Have you, have you taught, you know, there's a spiritist over here. And, you know, this person will read your tarot cards and they'll tell you this thing or the other thing. Just, just keep seeking the Lord. That's faith. That is faith when you just keep on seeking, even when everyone else tells you, just to give up. You know, maybe this is a punishment from the Lord. Maybe this or that, you know. Just keep pressing in. That is faith. Because in verse 24, then Jesus finally replied to the woman. And he said, I was only sent to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. You guys ever in a situation when God promised this? And yet God seems to be saying no to his own promise. I know I've been there. I am there in some areas of my life even right now. And it makes you scratch your head. If this seems to happen, just keep on seeking 
Keep on seeking, even when God seems to say no. Worship him. Remind yourself of who he is and remind him of who he is and what he has promised. Tell him. Remind him. He's not offended by it. That is faith. That is faith in action. Exalt him. Lift high the name of Jesus. Don't stop crying out to him. That's faith. Being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Because it says here then in verse 25. So then she came to Jesus. She fell down and worshipped him. Pleading with him again. Lord help me. Can you imagine the chaos of this encounter? The disciples are trying to pull her away. So that she stops bothering them. Jesus just disregards her and says nah I'm not here for you. And believe me. Matter of timing, biblical prophetic timing. He was not wrong in what he said. He came for Israel first, then the Gentiles later, right? Praise God, because I am a Gentile. But this woman just kept pressing in. And then she she gets right at his feet and starts worshiping him in the middle of all of this. And she says, Lord, help me. And it says in verse 26, Jesus responded, But it isn't right. It isn't right to take food from the children, from my own family, and just throw it to the dogs. You just call this woman a dog? Ouch. She replied, you'll see what the Lord's doing. He knows what he's up to here. She replied, that's true. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plates. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great and your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Your faith is great. Your request is granted. And then boom, instant healing. Now what if this woman, her daughter really, received instant healing had she not kept pressing in? Had she just listened to the disciples or, or listened to the silence of Jesus or listened to Jesus call her a dog and just walk away, I don't think she would have received it. I believe the only reason that, this is just my personal belief, I'm kind of inferring here, I believe the only reason Jesus responded to her these ways is because he knew she wasn't going to relent. He knew she was going to keep pressing in. And he wanted to use this Gentile woman, and she's not even named. He wanted to use her as an example of what faith looks and acts like. It doesn't just kick back and say, well, if it's meant to be, it'll be. If not, it just must not be your will, Lord. I guess this is it. It's the end of the, the dusty trail for me. Is just how it's going to end. Faith presses in because you know who God is and you know what he has promised you. You will see his goodness here in the land of the living, Right? And those of us who follow Jesus are worth far more than dogs at the table, right? Eating the scraps and begging and pleading. We've been adopted into his family. We're children of God. You're his son or daughter. And he's a good father. He doesn't treat his children that way, right? But do we approach the heavenly father with the boldness and confidence of this Gentile woman like we are one of his children, do we approach him like we're one of his children? Do we approach him like we're a sinner destined for hell and we don't deserve anything good from him? 
I believe God wants to shake off some mindsets this morning because that is not faith. Faith is being confident in who you are even when you don't see it in yourself. Faith is being confident in who God is even though you're not seeing that aspect or attribute of him right now. Faith is pressing in and seeking after him and making the first move over and over and over again, no matter what opposition rises up, until the promise comes to pass. That's faith. That is faith. So starting this year, this new year, let a new faith arise. I brought back in this, this, um, this wall here, our wall of hope, because this hope wall still has a whole lot of unanswered promises on it. Now, I don't know about you all, but we started that a year ago, and I really expected that to be a, at least halfway made into testimonies. Now, of course, some of it might literally be waiting on the timing of God, but even when you're waiting on the perfect timing of God, you're still to be pressing in and seeking and crying out and calling out. And we see over and over again, all through this good book, that is how the miraculous came to pass. Like God's people pressing in and just doing what he called them to do. Whether it's walking around a town seven times. Whether it's spitting in the, in the dirt and making mud, right? Whatever it is. Whether it's just, you know, smashing jars. Whatever it is, you're seeking in. You're pressing into the Lord. Lord, where am I missing it? Show me so that I can walk in obedience to you. You know, or just pressing in to get to know him better. To grow and to mature and to develop your character. Whatever it is, it all only happens when we make the first move and press in. So, this morning, if you guys get to kiddos, uh, somebody let mom know. Yeah, she's only your mom. I, I love, don't you love, Megan's like, well, you moving or what? <laughs> we are, all that we can do and all that the Lord can do is provide opportunity. Provide opportunity to press in and to seek. This morning, while worship is happening, we're going to be lifting the name of the Lord high. We're going to be expecting great things from our great God. And I don't want, personally, my heart as your little shepherd, I don't want to see anyone just sitting there, you know, crossing their arms, waiting on God. Let's press in and seek. I, I, you know, we're going to be kind of divided here, but, 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 but start proclaiming and declaring over these things the promises of God. Remind him of what he has promised to do. Now, only the Lord knows what is in all these envelopes, but the Lord is with you. His presence is within you. He'll reveal these things of what to say. And even if it's a simple prayer, you know, just, just press in. Press in with what you have. With what you know to do now. Until the Lord reveals even greater ways and different ways of pressing in and learning from him. You know there is freedom here in this place. Freedom. And when you look at this biblically, there's about... A thousand and one different ways to worship him. It's not just with instruments and song. It's in all kinds of different ways. So just however the Lord is leading you this morning, press in. Make the first move. 
Even if it's just praying in the Spirit, just declare and proclaim and pray and seek and worship and praise. Just do something to engage in taking the first step. And trust me, he's going to meet you there, right? All right, if I get the worship team come forward. Sorry, I was, I was kind of talking, waiting. Yeah. Woo. But today is a new day, a fresh start. Who we were when we walked through those doors, that isn't who we have to be when we leave this place. You are who the Lord declares you to be, right? You are more, more, so much more than you realize. And you have access to more than you may have ever imagined, hoped for, or asked for. But today is a day to press in. The altars are open. The, the whole sanctuary is open. The whole church is open. It's time to get a little loud and loud and rowdy and crazy because there's, there's only one thing that I know for sure, and that is worship to the Lord has never been quiet and reverent. And <laughs> the Old Testament temple was a loud place, and there was incense going, and there was instruments going, and there was prayer happening, and there was praise happening. And there was some smoked meat going on, too. We're, we're talking, oh, I'm going to get hungry if I talk about that. But oh, I don't know where we get these religious mindsets about what life in Christ looks like. But the word of God speaks truth. 